Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And I hope you will subscribe to our YouTube channel, and I hope you will sign up for the free email devotion that comes every day with this. And all you got to do is go to myfaithroots.com. And uh, again, it's free, and we do not hit you up with email requests for money and so forth. You don't have to worry about that. This is our ministry to you. So let's get right into this today with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, 26 translations. You had no connection with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, outside God's covenants and the promise that comes with them. So that's a sad place to be with no approach to God. But the good news is we've been brought into this covenant family. Now, we're learning about this covenant family. started with Abraham. Now we're going to go to the fourth generation. He had a son named Isaac, one son that carried all of the covenant line. And then there were two sons born to Isaac, Jacob and Esau, but God picked Jacob to be the one through which the family would be named and the blessing would flow through. And then Jacob had 12 sons, and all of his sons would be part of the covenant family. All 12, they became known as the 12 tribes of Israel. And Jacob, uh, his name was changed to Israel, and that's why uh, we have the 12 sons of Jacob being called the 12 tribes of Israel. All right, Genesis 37, uh, verse 3 is where we're going to start. Now Israel loved Joseph, one of the 12 sons more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic or coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him, and they could not speak peaceably to him. Now favor from a superior invites persecution from a peer, and that happens quite a lot. And uh, I want to talk to you about that for just a second. We're going to do a little side lesson here. One of the things that happened when I moved to Tulsa in 1978, I wanted to be the second preacher in the pulpit in the church that I worked in, and I didn't get that. Uh, it went to another man. And uh, I was upset in the beginning. I really hoped that in addition to my duties as a children's minister that I would get a chance to do a lot of speaking, preaching, and that did not come. And they gave it to another guy, and the guy who got the assignment was better than me. I had to admit it. He was a better speaker than me. And I purposed in my heart that I would never be jealous of that man. And I had to do something. I had to adjust my attitude. You know, the Scripture says, Rejoice with them who do rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And you know we're pretty good at weeping with people who are down and out when they're hurting. It's easy to have compassion on them. I'll tell you what's hard. It is hard to be happy when someone else gets the blessing that you want. And i got to tell you, if you're going to go far in the kingdom of God, you have to learn how to rejoice with them who do rejoice. Rejoice in people who get things that you wish you had and uh, rejoice with them. Now, the Bible says when his brothers saw their father loved Joseph more than them, they hated him. They couldn't speak peaceably to him. Uh, what that means is the customary greeting in that day was not hello. The, the customary greeting is shalom, and that's Hebrew for peace. And they could not return that 
to him. They couldn't come back and say, Shalom back. And uh, they, co- they couldn't do it. And in that culture, and by the way, it's still this way today in the Middle East. You say Shalom or Salam, and, and you offer that greeting. And if that's not returned to you, there is a very good chance that the person on the receiving end of that greeting uh, is looking for an opportunity to do you evil at first opportunity. And that's really what happened here with the brothers. They wanted to get even with Joseph at first opportunity, and that actually happened. Now let's read. We'll start with Genesis 37, uh, beginning in verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I've dreamed. And he is just being foolish in this. He has no idea this is antagonizing them. There they were, there we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. <laughs> that, would, that would make you pretty unpopular if you were to tell that to most people. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? And he's younger than all of them. And uh, shall you uh, have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. He had another dream just like it, and he shared that foolishly. Listen, this is a lesson I had to learn. You don't have to tell everybody else the things that God's telling you about your future. You don't have to do it. And it's not necessary for them to know what God has told you about your future they don't have to know it and approve of it in order for that to happen in your life. That's a very important lesson. I used to think that I had to tell what God had shown me He was going to do in my life so that it could happen, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if everybody else believes in it or not. And so usually it's a foolish thing to take your deepest secrets and plans and desires and put them out in front of other people Let God bring that about. God can do that with you. Because I'll tell you honestly, there are things that the Lord can say to you that will lift you up and 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 they it will edify you, encourage you. But to another person, it sounds like you're boasting. And so it's important not to tell everything that God gives you. If you want to be more respected, the Bible says, fool is known by the multitude of his words. So it means sometimes you need to be quiet. And Joseph brought a lot of his own trouble on himself. So the Lord was with Joseph. He got sold into slavery. And uh, the brothers did it at first opportunity. They saw a chance to get rid of him. Not every brother was in on it. Reuben wanted to save Joseph out of of their plan because they threw him in a pit. And when he had left for a bit, uh, they saw a caravan coming and they saw the opportunity to sell him as a slave to that caravan. Then they took his coat and put uh, the blood of a goat on it, took it back so that his father would give up all hope of finding him, thinking that he'd been killed by a wild beast. So he goes down to Egypt, and he's bought by Potiphar, the chief of Pharaoh's guard. And uh, actually, literally, it means chief of the butchers, because these guys were known for being ruthless uh, they didn't like somebody, they just cut their heads off. And that, that's who Potiphar was. But the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. The King James says that he was a prosperous man in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He doesn't even own his own freedom, and yet the Bible calls him a prosperous man. What's up with that? Well, true prosperity is a prosperity in your soul. 
you prosper inwardly before you prosper outwardly. And what this is saying is that Joseph had all of the things necessary to be blessed outwardly because he had the blessing inwardly. He had all the heart attitudes that were right for blessing. And that's the thing you have to work on. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Notice that it prospered because it was in Joseph's hand, not just in his mouth. You know, God blesses what you do, not what you talk about all the time. And Joseph was a worker. Uh, In fact, look up in this chapter 39. Look how many times the scripture uses the word hand as it pertains to Joseph. And you'll see it's just pretty much amazing. Six times in that chapter, you'll see it. All right, and the Bible says, So it was, Genesis 39, 5, from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Now, what is this? It's the blessing of Abraham. What did God tell Abraham back in Genesis 12? He said, I will bless him who blesses you and I will curse him who curses you. And so uh, Potiphar was blessing Joseph. He treated him right, and God blessed Potiphar's house for the sake of Joseph. You can see that the blessing was multiplied here, and, and so it was God's way of putting his seal on Potiphar. Now, Satan comes in and does everything in his power to interrupt this process. And he does, man. I mean, he, he does a bang-up job of it. And he thinks that he is going to thwart the dreams of Joseph and keep them from coming to pass because he uses Potiphar's wife to make advances on Joseph. Joseph refuses to commit adultery with her. Uh, and when he does, she, of course, accuses him falsely and has him thrown into prison. Now let's read in verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look to anything that was under Joseph's authority, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did the Lord made it to prosper. And in the King James, once again, the word hand is there. So Joseph put his hands on things and God blessed it. Now, Joseph was being prepared for where he would ultimately go, which was into the palace. And even though he's in the dungeon, he is still one step closer to Pharaoh. He's in Pharaoh's dungeon at least. And so later Pharaoh would have two men out of his court, the butler and a baker, who would have dreams while they were in the prison. And it was through this that God was able to promote Joseph. Now we'll get into that more in the next lesson. But let me show you what's going on here because God is at work. And God can work even to make your negatives become positives. If Joseph is going to be the prime minister of Egypt, if he's going to lead Egypt's agriculture, okay, what's the first thing he would need to learn to do? 
there are some prerequisites. A lot of people think that God just supernaturally caused Pharaoh to like Joseph and without any skill or ability at all, they promoted Joseph and put him into Pharaoh's second uh, in command over the whole country. Well, that wouldn't have lasted very long had Joseph not been thoroughly capable of doing that job. So God had to train him, and there's a 13-year period here from the time that he is thrown into uh, the pit by his brothers, and he is actually promoted at age 30 to be Pharaoh's number two across all the land of Egypt. So what happened first? He learned the language. And he was able to speak Egyptian without an accent. And the reason we know that is because some years later his own brothers would come and they would not realize that he was their brother. They could not detect a shred of Hebrew accent in what Joseph was speaking to them. They thought for sure he's 100% Egyptian. All right, that's, that's number one. Number two, he had to learn the Egyptian culture. You know, when he was 30 years old and they called for him to go into the court of Pharaoh to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, he had to shave because beards were abomination to the Egyptians. They didn't like them. So Joseph adapted to the culture. It wasn't sinful to shave your beard. So he adapted and he shaved the beard and he adapted to a culture so he could relate to the culture and excel in that culture. Now there's nothing wrong with doing that as long as you don't fall into sin. Some parts of culture may be good. And that's what happened with Joseph. He excelled in the part of the culture that was good. The third thing that happened is that Joseph got an expert understanding of food service. And not just food service, but he understood food consumption rates. He could tell how much food a typical person would need to eat in order to survive. And he measured that out every day for Potiphar because Potiphar would have had many servants they are probably not feasting. They're probably getting just enough to keep them alive. Joseph would have known the daily nutrition requirements for feeding people. And then when he's thrown into the prison, he not only gets to continue that education, but he also has to learn how to deal with people who would be dishonest, who would lie to him about whether or not they had been fed and so forth. And so Joseph learned how to be a tough cookie as an administrator in the prison. He was in charge of everything that happened there and was not afraid to wield authority. So now when Pharaoh promotes him later on, he's fully capable. So even his setbacks became his strong points. It turned for him. And that's what you have to learn to do. Ask yourself this question when you get hit with a setback. Is there something here that I can benefit from while I'm down here on the bottom? Is there something that God can show me? Is there something that He can teach me? Is there something that I can learn that will prepare me for the future? And i got to tell you, when you take that attitude, God sees it, and He's thrilled with that. Here is why it works. The Scripture says, Whosoever humbles himself will be exalted. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. So you want to get that right. You want to humble yourself and you take advantage of what you're doing on the low end, on the, on the low end of the totem pole, treat it like it's the most special thing in the world and you watch and see 
how God will lift you up and promote you. We think that in order to be promoted that we have to be in the limelight, that we have to be in a highly visible spot. Nothing could be further from the truth. God never forgets where you are. Never. He knows exactly what you're doing. And you cannot imagine how many wonderful skills you pick up by serving in obscurity. It's amazing what God can do there. So learn from Joseph and put yourself in a place to be blessed. Well, be sure to like us on YouTube and share this and help me get the word out. Tell your friends about this and be sure to let them know there is no charge for any of this. And and the email devotional that I send out every day is absolutely free. Just go to myfaithroots.com and you'll see right there how to sign up and to get that email devotional. Thank you so much for joining me with this and I'll see you tomorrow.